in three, two, one. And today on the Mikey Show podcast, this is another real estate relevant edition. We have Eli Cho of Crush for Ties. Eli, tell me what the hell is Crush for Ties? Well, Mark, uh, thank you for having me on your show. I'm honored. Um, Crush for Ties, we are lead generation specialists and uh, we utilize Facebook and Instagram to generate leads for realtors on a, on a key performance indicator scale, which is uh, actually getting the contact information, not just generating likes, boosted posts, or getting more branding. We're, we're there just to deliver these people who, who are raising their hands on social media and say, hey, I'm actually interested in talking more about real estate with an agent. And so we, we send those leads over to you guys so that you guys can work them and, and so that you guys can follow up and generate appointments and from appointments to deals. So we're trying to be that connector. And that's generally in a nutshell what we do. And we have a monthly agents connected with the local uh, realtors because a lot of people are not on Instagram, on, on Facebook. If you're not on there, I think it's a, a huge mistake just because that's where the attention is. That's for another channel where you know, it used to be like newspaper, media, and print, and those still work too. Uh, but we're just a little different where, you know, we, we farm where your market is. So, yeah, that's, that's it there. Yeah, that's it in a nutshell. Well, Eli, I can tell you that I've been using the service over the last month. I've been pretty darn happy. Um, the reason that most realtors fail and this is from all the real estate gurus from all the courses that I've taken over the years mm. is that if they don't have a reasonable or a, a predictable, reliable lead generation source, they fail or they just putter along um, without that constant influx of leads. I know for a fact that you have a very low ceiling on how big you can build your business. And a lot of people are, are comfortable with that. They um, struggle for the first few years and then they build up a client base where it's got the, um, uh, the referrals and, and repeat businesses enough to sustain them. I hear that a lot and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that kind of business, but for those that are a little more ambitious and they understand scaling, I don't know how they would do it without um, a service like, like yours. Have you seen any of your clients over the years actually scale their business uh, by using crush for ties? Yeah, we've seen, um, we've seen some of our star, you know, clients, obviously the ones that stand out to me, um, have a really good, um, process and, and some of our realtors. And I was going to ask you about your process, Mark. That's why we're on the show. And I want to deliver some value to some of the realtors that I work with. Um, and distribute this video to them, but real quick, high level, um, the realtors who do the best, they have, since the leads go directly to the realtors, some services share the leads. So in, in, in this case, when the leads are just purely yours and delivered to you only exclusively and fresh, when on the other end, home buyers and sellers are on their phones, they're, they're looking on their, you know, Facebook or Instagram newsfeed and they see your ad, a sponsored ad from, from Crush for Ties, with light branding and white listed, uh, white labeling uh, under the realtor that is working those zip codes, they'll click on the ad, it'll pop up uh, their submission form, and then they click submit, which auto-populates the name, email, phone number, verified by Facebook. And so that's how our service works. 
And really, it's a, it's a bridge to the realtor who gets it. When that lead comes in um, in real time for a text message or email uh, form for the realtor, the realtor follows up like yourself, Mark. And the ones that find, I find that have the best results, and you could verify if this is the same method you use, they will text and call from different phones even and hit them about eight times in different formats, which is email, uh, texting, calling, leaving voicemails, and getting that connection and, and hook um, in, in a matter of 48 hours. If not, they follow up weekly, if not bi-weekly, and then every so often. So I think follow-up is key. I think being somewhat assertive and aggressive, and then even on the weekends for home seller leads, for home valuation type seller leads, they will go to the home on the weekend and introduce themselves and knock to door knock because you also get the property address. So, I mean, those realtors who go get it, they usually do versus the ones who are a little more passive and send like a drip campaign and emails. Uh, they don't tend to do as well with us. Follow up is key. And when I was um, with one of your competitors, um, I had probably 125 leads all told over six months, which is mm -hmm. not even a quarter of what you guys have been providing for me. Mm -hmm. And um, I was relying on their drip campaign. Mm -hmm. So I was relying on the texts and the emails going out automatically. Uh, they sort of wowed me with that as a mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. bear market differentiator. I thought, oh, mm -hmm. geez, that sounds great. Then I don't have to do any work because I'm a mm -hmm. lazy realtor. Mm -hmm. I don't want to do any work. I just yes. want the phone to ring like magic. And, uh, and of course, it failed and got zero out of it, uh, spent thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars that I'll never see again. They flew right out the window. Mm -hmm. And um, so I, I learned the hard way that mm -hmm. you've, you've got to get them on the phone. And if you're relying on the, the texts and the emails are the Hail Mary pass. Mm -hmm. No, they're, 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 they're the um, hoping for the best. I got nothing else, so I got to do something. Mm -hmm. uh, so what I've been doing, and it's actually, it's got a couple of good conversations. Um, uh, one where I'm, I'm going to be doing a, a deal with both her and her son. Um, wow. And the re reason I was able to win them over, and it's, it's really rare to do it with email, but it, it happened is because I sent him a copy of my book that I just published. Of course, not everybody mm -hmm. has a, a book to publish, but, um, and that's, that's an offer that I've made to you and your clients as well. I've given you the electronic version. If anybody wants mm -hmm. to use the electronic version as a gift, no problem. Uh, mm -hmm. My treat. Good kind of you, Mark. Well, it's it, it's free. It doesn't cost me anything to do that. Yeah. And it's uh, it's free exposure. So why not? Um, mm -hmm. That's like a win-win situation for you and, and uh, uh, to get exposure and and distribution. But I think, yeah, that, that that's pretty smart. And well, it's good it, for people too. It's been working for me and I'm getting feedback. Uh, this one lady, she, oh, I, I'm from Canada for the audience sake. Mm -hmm. And uh, she, she winters in Arizona and she's, I'm already halfway through your book. What? That thing that I sent you? you you've actually read it. Holy smokes. Mm -hmm. um, but it actually feels like a present because it is. And it mm -hmm. actually gives them the information that they need um, to FISBO if they want to or whatever it is they want to do. Or mm -hmm. just their, their realtor accountable. Either way, uh, the Home Sellers Bible for homeowners, agents, and investors is... We actually bought a, bought a copy here. Oh, hey, uh, look at that. Mark, 
yeah, we, you sent us, we asked you for a link because we were really interested in how good your book was. And I haven't fully read it yet, but uh, I've skimmed through it. Um, and a lot of good uh, tidbits and, and behind the scenes, like the backstage pass to real estate industry is one of the comments I saw here. And so it's like a skimming through and it looked pretty, um, looks pretty good. So yeah, um, dive into it more, but go on. Thanks for the awesome. shout out, man. You're welcome. <laughs> no, it's uh it's it's weird eli that book has never been done before in like our our industry is probably 120 years old something like that mm -hmm. and um it started in the states actually this industry um mm -hmm. called world banker if i if i remember right and mm -hmm. uh in all these years or in over a century nobody's done something like this i guess it's because mm -hmm. people keep uh their cards close to their vest and yeah. they don't like you to know the inside stuff the inside mm -hmm. baseball and mm -hmm. I'm, I, I'm just not like that. You know, I'm an, I'm an open book sort of thing. And mm -hmm. what I find is that most people, they, they look at it and they realize, oh, you do a little bit more than just uh, put it on the MLS system. So yeah, there's, there's a little bit more to it. I mean, and, the realtors who are, who are good and who service their clients who actually care have do a lot more, right? I mean, that's versus, right. Yeah. And, and I think we're living in an age where, information so readily available in, in a lot of ways but but um i think this this does a more structured uh from what i can tell when i'm looking at it, it has a lot of different specialists co-authored in here as well so i think i think this is a, a very robust but concise succinct version of what you can find on online that's all scattered everywhere so i think it is a nice reference tool um, to keep on on the bookshelf especially for the most valuable asset that someone could possibly own well, that's it. It's, you know, it's funny. Uh, people will do months and months of research before they buy a $40,000 car. Months and months because they don't want to make a bad investment. And they'll do just about zero research when they put their house on the market. Mm -hmm. so, uh, that's that's sort, of, sort of an interesting thing. But if we treated um, uh, the, the sale of our home with at least as much respect as buying or selling a car, because um, most people do spend some time agonizing over the choice and different options and mm -hmm. different ways to do it. Mm -hmm. uh, well, not everybody does, but a lot of people do. It's a big purchase. I've seen people sweating bullets for months over which jacket should be my next jacket. Right. But a house is a, is a pretty significant purchase. And if you do it right, you can profit from it. If you do it wrong, not so much. You can, Mark, you can lo you lose your life, life savings doing it. So to, to advocate um, for your clients, because this is what it seems like your play is from what, what I'm gathering from what I've talked to you in different uh, multiple phone calls and, and formats is when you, when you send them this, this is kind of your market differentiator. When you say, hey, look, I'm going to give you the backstage pass. I'm going to give you the inside look. Uh, you could do this yourself if you want. You know, you're kind of very like laissez-faire, if you will, like let it, let the market do what it wants and here's, here's the resources and educate yourself and, and, and you kind of let them realize like, hey, look, you could do, try doing this complicated whole thing on your own and, and, and try to fly by the seat of your pants and meet a, another realtor who, who may or may not follow all the things in this book or you go to someone who, who knows all this and will, will um, guide you by the hand, if you will. So, is this really kind of like your market to free or what, what other approach do you do? It's a kind of a loaded question if, if you will. So what's well, part of the point of the book is transparency and authenticity. So um, 
what I was very, very cautious of when I compiled it, um, about at least half the content is generated from me. The other half is from the other 10 contributors. Mm-hmm. And um, I didn't want it to look like a marketing piece. I wanted it to be a genuine, useful guide that mm-hmm. you could buy at a regular bookstore or also available on amazon.com, amazon.ca. Um, but little plug. <laughs> little plug. Uh, but I, I wanted it to, so that when people are opening it and reading it, they never feel like, oh, you've got me. This is just mm-hmm. a great big marketing piece uh, trying to scare me from doing it on my own. Mm-hmm. That's not what it is. Um, it's, it's trying to empower you so you can do it on your own, but do it with your damned eyes open. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I've seen time and time and time again, I never dissuade somebody from doing for sale by owner. And sometimes it's the only option somebody has. Because mm-hmm. uh, there's no equity in the house, and that's just mm-hmm. what they got to do. And I feel bad for those people because I unfortunately can't work for free. I right. actually enjoy this industry enough. I almost would, but mm-hmm. um, uh, almost. almost. But uh, <laughs> I really do enjoy it. But yeah. I, I I can't do it for free. So because right. I got a family to feed, um, right. just just like everybody else, and yeah. uh, uh, and. and uh, 9,000 square foot mansion to maintain. No, I don't. <laughs> no, I don't. Nor do I have any ambition for that. But um, uh, that's what makes it a real gift. And if somebody never, even if you hate realtors, I, you know what? That's fine. Yeah. Here's the book. Maybe uh, after reading it, you'll have a bit more appreciation of, of, of what it is that you're getting yourself into. Just go in with your eyes open. And I, I just want to help people be empowered. And mm-hmm. if they do it on their own, it really is okay. I'm actually okay with that. Um, but sort of the psychology of it too, once it's given as a gift, if they do try on their own and like what happens with most for sale by owners um, or uh, like a really good chunk of them, they mm-hmm. kind of peter out at the end and they go, mm-hmm. oh, geez, this is a bit off more than I, I thought I did. And um, mm-hmm. if I was the guy that, that, authentically trying to help you as opposed to providing a book that's trying to scare you from doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to remember that because then you, you know, I'm not just a guy who says it. It's, this is putting your money where your mouth is. That's, that's mm-hmm. what this is about, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and just being, being real. Yeah. So, and maybe that's why nobody's done it. Maybe it's, it's a, it's a huge task to write a book, first of all, and to get into publishing and to, to organize it and to structure it. And, um, how long did it take you to write the book, by the way, just real quick? Well, it was over about a two year project and, yeah. um, uh, ha- half the project was wrangling the contributors cause, uh, I'm not an expert in all things real estate. I'm an expert sure. in what I do. Uh, right. so I got 10 extra experts. So putting them together was time intensive, but all in sure. all, it was easily over a thousand hours um, uh-huh. Uh-huh. To, to put it out. So a lot of early mornings and late nights for mm-hmm. over a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm so glad I did it. So glad. I can't ever say that I wrote a book. So I mean, that's, that's a great accomplishment, Mark, just as you know, on the, on the fly here. Uh, but I want to just go back to real quick, Mark. Um, what, and, and, and just walk us through the process for any new realtors out there in terms of um, rookie realtors or realtors who have been doing this and have their you know, old ways of like generating leads. I mean, leads come from everywhere, whether it's in person, they do open houses, um, but it taxes their time and energy, right? 
uh, people on the weekend. I, I wouldn't ever say not do that. I think doing all different hats and seeing what style works for, for, for yourself as a realtor is the way to go because, you know, we actually use our own product as crush for ties. We generate our own leads. We do Instagram, Facebook marketing, and that's how I get agents on the phone myself and I follow up right away. And, and that's how we get like half of our clients from doing social media marketing because we have to practice what we preach, right? We can't just be like, Hey, Mr. Realtor, like work, you know, just, you know, generate your leads through, you know, Facebook, Instagram. We don't do it. It doesn't just ever make sense. So actually when realtors get on the phone with me, they're like, how do I know this works? And I'm like, well, we're, we're talking, you're technically a lead for us. And in the same way we, you know, you use the service and actually makes our eyes open half half of them at least and say, Oh my gosh, this stuff actually does work because I'm a prospective client. And then they, you they have to treat the system uh, similar to if you know how to work an open house correctly. Mm. So you always have to have some value to give. It's not about what you can take. It's about what you can give. So, uh, if you're doing it right, uh, like the, the number one advertisement thing that everybody does, which is why I don't do it because everybody does it, although it okay. does work, is uh, marketing for free home evaluations. Um, so mm-hmm. some of the biggest players in the world that do mm-hmm. four or 500 uh, deals a year, which is huge, um, mm-hmm. that's, that's all they do is uh, free home evaluations, free home evaluations. Right. Um, that's that's a tough space to occupy unless you have a massive market marketing budget. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not saying don't do it, but it's, it's not for me. I, I don't want to play against the big boys. Okay. So, um, but have something of value. Uh, and, and maybe it is the free market evaluation, or if you're looking for buyer's leads, have something of value. Uh, yeah. If you don't want to buy a top 10, uh, list that you can give them as sort of um, like a not a flyer but a just some sort of information that's helpful for them right. Um, right. something but have a gift something that you can give them uh, one guy uh, that, that I was talking to used branded salt and pepper shakers I said uh-huh. well that's that's kind of smart actually um, <laughs> but it's it's the salt and pepper shakers what they would do though is give you, hey, can I drop this off for you? Great. Mm-hmm. The whole point was getting a face-to-face, belly-to-belly, right? right? Uh-huh. Uh, people are, with all the texting and emailing, they like to hide beh- behind their phones and, mm-hmm. and, and their screens. But you cannot, cannot build a good relationship unless you get face-to-face with somebody. Um, I've had a thousand gurus tell me otherwise, but I I've never seen it. I've never seen an exception to this. Um, so if there's a way around it, please somebody educate me. Uh, yeah. But I, I don't see it. And that's why uh, when you and I do calls, we have the FaceTime, right? It, right. It's, it's like we're in the same room. It's, mm-hmm. um, it's the next best thing to belly to belly. Um, and then from, from this, it's, it's getting them on the phone. So the process the, the purpose of the process is get them on the phone for the purpose of an appointment right. to get the appointment, have something to give them that they might actually want, whether it's a, a top 10 things buyers need to know list or whatever it is. And don't do it with an email. Mm-hmm. The purpose of the phone call is to get a face to face appointment to mm-hmm. give them something of value. 
that's the system. Mm-hmm. And once, once you've done that, giving starts the receiving process. You've met somebody face-to-face. You are now, that is your market differentiator. Mm-hmm. The market differentiator is you didn't see me on a bus bench. You saw me face to face and I physically gave you something. Right. Uh, it's like the people that um, uh, give out calendars all, all the time. Well, that's cool. Mm-hmm. That's powerful. It works. I know a very high performing uh, realtor. She's retired now. Um, mm-hmm. And in a market of 40,000 doors, 40,000 mm-hmm. people would get an annual calendar with a picture of their own house on the calendar. So it's, it's more wow. personal. Okay. How, did, how does she scale that? Do you know? Uh, just by doing more. <laughs> you know? <laughs> she goes around to the neighborhood and takes pictures of every house. Uh, she has a service to it. Oh, wow. Okay. You know, but it's personalized and it's a gift. Yeah. But how mm-hmm. much more powerful would that be if you're door knocking with that and asking mm-hmm. permission and saying, hey, now that would be a smaller, sca- um, uh, a smaller segment, but it's more bang for the buck. So it's a uh, smaller farm area, higher, mm-hmm. higher production, higher but, return, yeah. but she understands scaling and she has the money to invest. So she spends 30, $40,000 a year, somewhere mm-hmm. between 30 and $40,000 a year to make sure that everybody has one of these calendars. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she's got it down to a science. She does it every year. You get a fresh picture of your house on a calendar personalized for you. And Do you says, know what the, the return on return on investment, what, what, what she spends, you said 30, $40,000 a year and What's, do you know how many deals she does by chance? I do. Um, she would be typically okay. making five or 600000 a year in uh, gross commissions. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and I think she's, she's scratched close to the million dollar mark once or twice. Um, okay. But uh, I think she hovers around the five, six hundred uh, mark. I'm, I'm just curious if you knew like exactly what the correlation might be from those calendars. I, I don't think she knows. Okay. You know, because okay. it's, it's hard to say how much is just the calendars and how much mm-hmm. uh, creating new business. Mm-hmm. So, but Hey, if it works, it works, it works. So, so how measurable, sorry to interrupt Mark, but how measurable is the, the social media game online game for you? Do you have your metrics so far with, with the crush for ties or other social media platforms? That you use? It, it is. And um, you got to measure it and how many face to face appointments. Okay. Um, is, is the right metric for me anyway, because I know uh, when everybody says, Oh, it's a numbers game. Yeah, it is. But know what numbers you're looking at. How many people did I face to face meet, give a gift to that? They're not going to throw in the garbage. Like it's cause it's okay. a real gift. It actually has some value and that's mm-hmm. how I use the book. So yeah. step one is get them actually on the phone. Mm-hmm. Uh, the hail Mary passes the voicemail email. And, uh, when I, uh, I send them an email, uh-huh. I'm like, uh, hey, thanks for reaching out. Um, uh-huh. In the meantime, before I get a hold of you, here's here's an um, electronic copy of the book. Now it's a real, genuine gift. Yeah, I was about to ask you that. Like, what exactly are your scripts, and and how often, how quickly are you following up with your email and your and your text and your phone calls? Like, can you give some of your listeners some real, tangible uh, things that you do um, step by step? So, leak comes in. You, you text them, you call them right away. How does that work? Or what's your script like? Um, you it, it's very, very short and concise. And, um, and there's really, I, I, I haven't because it's a warm call. Like they reached out to me by right. clicking, by clicking on your, on your link, they are reaching They've asked for information. So right. 
that that's how I, I go at it. It's like, Hey, you clicked on something looking for information, but I don't know what. So could you, yeah. could you tell me what are you looking for and just get the conversation going? So I'm, is that I'm, exactly what you say? Like literally when you, when you, when you call them um, and tell us like how many people pick up to give, give the listeners some like real percentages and, and what you find, because I think some people have, I'm getting about 20% on the phone. Okay. You know, uh, okay. maybe even 30%. I have the full list. I'd actually have to do the math on it. But I take each lead that I get from you guys. I cut and paste it, throw it into a, um, uh, into the, into a Word doc. And, okay. and, I, and I number them and date them. Okay. So um, I have them numbered, dated. And then because it's on a Word doc, I just throw under, under the information all my notes. of mm-hmm. uh, What I sent, when I sent it. Um, mm-hmm. and just keep doing follow-up, follow-up, follow-up. I mm-hmm. don't, I don't chase the ones that I don't get a hold of. Um, that's okay. how I'm, 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 I don't beat the dead horse. I okay. used, I used to do that. I used to follow people right into the dirt, but, um, when did they become a dead horse to you? <laughs> um, right away, actually. Like if I okay. can't get you on the phone, um, how many times do you try it, Mark? On to the next one. I, I, I try twice. And I throw out the email with a gift, and, okay. and that's that's pretty much it. But I'm getting so you a, leave a voicemail. I, I I will leave a voicemail saying, "Hey, you reached out. Uh-huh. I'm responding." Mm-hmm. Can I you go that, exactly how you say it? Like, because I want listeners to <clears throat> copy your style because you've had a lot of success with us um, out of the leads that you've gotten, and you've gotten the most appointments, one of the most appointments out of all the other realtors I've heard. So I want listeners to to really get some real like practical steps, especially your realtor listeners who are looking to, to do proper follow-up, especially in the beginning and, and what your strategies are and when someone becomes dead. So I want, I want some of that really granular uh, uh, detail, if you could. Sure, yeah, it's, it's straightforward. But first, the, the mindset on it is that they're not a lead. Mm-hmm. They're somebody that asked me for help. Mm. So that's the mindset. That's, that's, that's the, the inner game. Thing. That's the inner game. So before I get, I, I get on there, um, like, hey, it's not, I threw out this clickbait tricky thing for you to click on and, ooh, now I got gotcha. you. Like, yeah. No, you asked for help. Mm. I'm here to help. What can I do for you? Mm. And, and it's really that simple. So the phone call would sound like, um, hi, Eli, it's, it's Mark with Remax. Uh, I just got a notification that you were reaching out for some real estate information yesterday at around one o'clock. Uh, do you remember doing that? Okay. Um, I'm not sure. Did I do that? <laughs> uh, well, I have your information, uh, unless somebody's ghosting your information. But uh, were you in the house? Were you in the market uh, for for some real estate information, either to buy a house or potentially looking at uh, getting a market evaluation to see what your house is worth? Is this, was that in your head yesterday? Um, I don't know. I was just curious. I think I clicked on something. See, I was just curious how much my home value was. Which would be fine, right? And and if if I get the I'm just curious thing, which is there, it's like oh shit, somebody actually got me on the phone and is talking to me. Yeah. Um. Uh, I I just let him off the hook. Media's like, hey, just curious is just fine. Um. Yeah. I I'm I'm here to help, even if you're just curious and you're not looking to buy or sell the house. I I say that right away because that's oh. their out. So I say they're out before they say it. I say their objection before they have a chance. It's like, hey, if you're just looking and you're just curious and you have absolutely no intention of buying or selling real estate in the next two years, that's perfectly fine. Well, so, but, yeah, so that lets them off the hook. 
So now, see, now see, the, see, that's a key thing, Mark, because I think a lot of realtors at that point, their, their way of, they, they immediately disqualify the client, uh, those, those prospects and say, oh, they're just curious. They're not a real serious person because they don't understand that that's, that's a, that's a knee jerk reaction. It's like, Hey, do you need any help when you walk into a shoe store that they're like, I'm just looking, you know, like, yeah, it's, it's, it's a, a brush off. It's all it is. It's the, please don't eat me brush off. Uh huh. You know, it's like you go into a car lot and you get that cringe when, when the uh, car guy comes up to you. And, and this has actually been said to me, what's it going to take to get you into a car today? Uh-huh. What? <laughs> Somebody told you to say that? Holy generations of, oh. of, of salespeople like trying to teach each other. Oh. They don't know what they're doing. For, for any car sales folks out there, if your sales manager tells you to walk up people, walk up to people and just say, what's it going to take to get you into a car today? Mm-hmm. So Mark, I think that's, key, that's a key differentiator for you as you getting on the phone. See, people, when they listen to you, see, instead of you overcoming that objection, you, you say the objection for them and you take the win out of their sales. That's what I'm gathering. And then you're able to make that prospect very comfortable with you on the phone very early because they're like, oh, okay, he's not a high pressure salesperson on the phone who's just going to try to sell me. This person's actually, and they can hear it in your tone. They could hear it in your, the way you approach them in your, in your language and that you're very hands off and you're like, Hey, it's perfectly fine if you're just curious. Is that what I'm getting from you, Mark? The, the enemy of the warm call is confirmation bias. Uh, the confirmation bias, um, as soon as they think, oh shit, salesperson, they are looking for any clue that says you're, you're a predator and you're here to eat me. You're, mm-hmm. you're, you're here to, um, uh, to take my money. Mm-hmm. So the second you sound like a predator you're a predator mm-hmm. and uh, the defenses are up and, and away you go. So the, the reason that you get your mindset into the service mindset before you even do the follow-up call that, Hey, you asked for a bag of cookies, I happen to have a bag of cookies right here. Mm-hmm. Would you like that delivered to your door? Uh-huh. And then you deliver it to their door on time, gift wrapped, no strings. Mm-hmm. You know, whether that bag of cookies is uh, a list of relevant homes for sale um, uh, or a, a market evaluation. Uh, in my case, I offer both those things plus the book. Right. But, uh, but whatever your bag of cookies is, make sure it's a bag of co- cookies that has value. And remember that they reached out for you or for right. the information. And, mm-hmm. and if you are the giver of the information, Mm-hmm. And, and, and just being healthy helper, helperton, you know, um, then you're not a predator. So if you don't want to be treated like a predator, don't actually right. be one. Right. And, and, and that's, that's the, the, the whole gist of why I do what I do and some of the techniques when I, when I'm talking with them, uh, you talked about, um, saying the objection first, uh, because that, when you do that, when you know that the number one objection is, oh, I was just curious. I was just looking. So say it first. It's like, hey, mm-hmm. uh, you might be just curious. You might be just looking. If that's the case, that's fine. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, yesterday at two o'clock, you did click on the link. Uh, I'm just here to help. Even if you're just curious, uh, what can I help you with? What are you looking for? Wow. And, okay. and get the conversation going with the How point you- of, of, uh-huh. of booking the appointment. 
the point of your conversation is to not try to turn them into a client. That is not the right. point. Mm-hmm. The point is to get a belly to belly, face to face meeting, even if it's a 10 second meeting to drop something off for them physically. Mm-hmm. Then you have value. So can you go through a little bit of that script? Uh, there's two, two points. So I'm glad you covered that second part because I think that there's a weird balance of having that intention of having that like that advocate, you're their advocate, you're just trying to help them and it can see the purity in your intentions and motives and you're just like, no strings attached. I really appreciate that, Mark. But number two, you, people who are too far on that side of the spectrum will, will be like, oh, I'm just adding value. I'm dropping off CMAs to every house, emailing them CMAs, you know, comparative market analysis or just handing off books. But then they're missing that closer mentality as well where they're trying to book that appointment. At the same time, they're like, how do we fully evaluate your needs and, and have this real re- remove time out of the equation, see what you're really about. Am I, am I, am I summarizing this correctly or am I on the right track, Mark? I, I think so. I think so from, from what, what I'm hearing. And um, the, the bottom line is what can I give them that has value? Because mm. that's, that's how you build a relationship. And, and yeah. when you're doing it honestly, by providing actual value. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's, that's part of the reason I did the book because whether it's my own insecurities, which it probably is um, mm-hmm. uh, like I'm a Remax guy, uh, but, but, but most of the bigger companies, they have all kinds of uh, resources of uh, like brochure pamphlet size marketing pieces uh, with mm-hmm. helpful tips for renovations or, or whatever it is. Right. right. And I just, and then you stick your business card on the back. I got it. That's, that's, that's a good thing to do. A lot of people throw away those brochures, right? Once again, I'll throw that away for a postcard or, or yeah. calendars and throw those away. It, it didn't for me. And it, it could be my own hangups. It probably is, but it just mm-hmm. didn't feel like a real gift. Cause I, I did that. Uh, mm-hmm. I even had a little, uh, I published the first book I, I, I did on, on real estate was um, what, like a booklet that like was about a 50 page uh, buyers and sellers guide. And uh, staple staples in the middle, you know. Okay. Um, but it, it, I didn't realize what a powerful tool that was when when I had it. Okay. Um, but it still it didn't because it felt like a pamphlet, like a right, little, right, right, right. So, so in between a book and a, like a like a brochure, it's like it, like it was a booklet. booklet. Yeah. Yeah. It was it, it was a booklet. And uh, it was funny. One of the prospects I was following up with, it's like, oh, okay. Well, I'm looking forward to receiving your booklet. I'm like, uh, okay. And I didn't correct them, right? Because I want them to be surprised. It's like, oh, 280 pages. That's not a book. Yeah. That's, yeah. That is it's the Bible. <laughs> that's a book. book. The Bible. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's the Bible. Um, realtors are getting commoditized more and more and more and more and more and more. And everybody says, oh, I want to be a, I want to have my market differentiator. Yeah, good luck with that as a realtor. Um, I didn't know any other way to, to do it. There's a service I was talking to you about it. Darned if I can remember the name of the company though, um, where they brand books to your, to you. They've got like 15, 16 different specialty titles, all real estate books, uh, whether you're uh, looking at FISBOs, expireds, whatever, they, they've got a book for that. Um, I've never read any of them. Uh, so I haven't vetted any of them. Uh, I don't know if, if they're, written well or if the content has any value 
but right. it's it's a book that you can stick your name on and it's cheap. Like you sign up for a couple hundred bucks and then order to start ordering books at seven wow. bucks each or whatever they are. Mm-hmm. Um, so a person can do that, do some Googling, yeah. find this company and then brand yourself on, on a book. The, it's kind of like whitelisting the book, yeah. So you use that term a couple of times. What's uh, what's this white labeling thing? White labeling is it's it's you know when you can take another service and put your you know put your name or title on top of it. Oh, okay. That that's all it means. I, I say listing. I think I just mean white labeling is is the term. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, yeah, that's, that's what it is. It's, um, it, the majority of books are ghost written anyway, out, that are out there in the nonfiction world. Uh, you hear all these people coming out with a book. Like, like Donald Trump's like art of the deal. <laughs> oh yeah. I know they're all ghost written. Uh, Trump has, uh, I think five, six books out uh-huh. there, uh, uh, has one with Kiyosaki. He didn't actually sit down tippity tap yeah. putting this thing together. No, he, uh-huh. no, they, they don't do that. Uh, mm-hmm. they have somebody like me listening to them, taking notes and then compiling it. And sure. by the way, if you're a multi-billionaire and you want a book, uh, ghostwriter uh, right here, I'm a hell of a uh, good, <laughs> I'll, I'll ghostwrite a book for you. I enjoy that. But, um, uh, whether it's, I'm just saying that there's nothing wrong with ghostwriting. Yeah. Um, just that with this company that I mentioned, I, you'd want to make sure here's what you don't want. Uh, hey, I got this great gift for you. Oh, nice. And yeah. then under deliver, because they crack it open and they go, this is complete swill. Like uh-huh. garbage. There's nothing yeah. useful here. And it's it, all you're trying to do is talk me into not doing it on my own and, and, and using a realtor. That's, right. not a, that's not a gift. Uh-huh. And it's, it's not a good marketing piece. Um, but with this bad boy, the yeah. it's it's real. It's genuine. So... You can take it and there is information that will help you not lose thousands and thousands of dollars. And, yeah. Uh, make some really- the first chapter I read and I was like, oh, you know, what's the proper order, chicken or egg? Do you sell or buy a house first? And even that first chapter I could say like, uh, there's a horror story in there um, yeah. of, during the 2008 crisis. And uh, this person had what, uh, sold a sold their home first and then they were under the gun of buying a home afterwards. And, and when the, when the prices were dipping down very fast, they couldn't uh, sell their house after they had bought a house because they kept their price. And then the price of their home just kept plummeting. And then they, they sold their house a lot cheaper than they, they should have because they had to move out and then go into the new home. So uh, that was right. Right, Mark? That's what kind of happened. It was, and that's a real story. It's, um, I'm still friends with them today. Um, it, it was horrible to watch because a young couple, first house that I sold to them, and then yeah. when they wanted to, to move to, to a smaller town uh, a couple hours north, um, it, and I begged them because I saw the writing on the wall and like, oh boy, uh, you got to get ahead of the curve here and this is what you got to do. But they just would not listen. I, uh, the husband was listening, but the wife wasn't. And I did everything I could to try to win him over and right. so helpless. Yeah. Uh, and they lost because they didn't listen. Uh, uh-huh. $80,000, give or take. Um, yeah. It's just because they kept hanging on and and didn't price it right. And if they just followed the formula Uh, and $80,000 is a lot of money for anybody, like any normal person, Um, but uh, or a young couple just starting out 
two little kids, that was an absolute fortune to lose. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. just so we had mouths to feed. Oh, Would you God. say that we're in a similar type of market mark? Uh, market mark, it sounds like Marky Mark. Um, <clears throat> like, you know, we're, we're, we're in somewhat of a correction or, or slowing down or, or somewhat. Do you think that that's the same type of market we're in where people should be, definitely be buying first, uh, not buying first, selling their house first, and then looking to buy a home? If a market is really flat or slow, then yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, the only time that it is safe to buy first and then mm-hmm. sell is in a super hot uh, market, especially like a rapidly inclining market. And then it's actually the smartest thing to do. Still a little right. on the scary side. Uh-huh. Um, so hopefully you have a nest egg just in case. Right. Um, and hopefully you have the financing where you can do it and bridge finance without selling first. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's a very special, specialized up market. Um, right. if you're, if you're going to buy before you sell, you got to be really confident that it's going to sell. Um, mm-hmm. the, the danger is that if you're not listening to your realtor or reading this book, uh, right. uh to like have a reason to be confident that it's going to sell. Don't be confident it's going to sell because you love it. Oh, I love my right. house. Everyone's got that bias, right? That's it. it like uh, nobody has an ugly baby. Um, yeah. <laughs> like some, so I've seen some ugly damn babies. But, uh, They're still kind of cute in their own ugly way. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, <laughs> uh, you you need that impartial third party person, or you you really need to slip yourself into business mode. Um, read the Home Sellers Bible or or another good book that will, will help you understand what to look at, what not to look at. That's the difference between the smart money and the dumb money. Uh, you have to understand what renovations will give you a return on investment and what which ones will not. Which ones have to be done and which ones don't have to be done. Let leave those to last, like bottom bottom of the priority list. If you don't know what that order is. Um, uh, the volume of really bad decisions that I've seen from the do-it-yourself crowd is shocking. There's some sort of ego involved with that. It's like, oh, I can do this myself. I can pull my own teeth, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and I can. Uh, we, we, we all have the technology to do that. Right. Not recommend. Yeah. Especially, especially if it's your first time and I, and I feel like just this is how I, we feel about doing marketing as well. I mean, you could do your own Facebook campaigns, your own, you know, marketing, um, which can be effective if you're branding yourself and doing your own content marketing. But when it comes to generating leads, there's a certain art to it. There's a certain way of formulating each word in the ad copy of the headline or the, the text and the type of photo that we Photoshop. I mean, there is a template, but we customize it to each market. So we, you know, I'm about to do a webinar soon about how to do it yourself and kind of like you writing your own book, like how to do your own, you know, selling your book or selling or buying a home. So I think we're, I'm going to be also providing that for any realtor out there. But again, why do that yourself when you can hire the expert or someone who's been doing that, who has assistance in place already, who's been through not their first rodeo. And I, I think it's really valuable to. Well, and that's why I don't do my own Facebook ads. 
I mean, I don't, I don't have the time or the technology or the brain power to do split testing, mm-hmm. you know, and if you don't do split testing, you don't know what works and what doesn't. That's what you guys do. So you split right. test the hell out of it. Have the fun. Um, I, I've got enough things I've, I've got to figure out. You know, and, and it's not just split testing, Mark. I, I would say that you know a lot with Facebook, and especially these these ads, they'll start off good, and then they'll rise up, and then then they'll start tapering off as other people are throwing up ads. There's always a competition and bidding, and eventually they get stale and they fall off and peer off. And there's a lot of monitoring and babysitting we do, and then we add, um, and then we relaunch. We relaunched the ad, we changed up the photos. So there's a lot of work behind the scenes that you don't see, Mark. I, I don't think I've ever told you all that, but. No, no, I just um, know that it works. Um, <laughs> uh, can I say the name of, the, of your competitor that I used to use? Oh yeah, sure. Why not? Uh, so, uh, I was with uh, Bold Leads, nice people. Yeah. Uh, nice people, um, we're very hands-off, but nice people. And mm-hmm. they have this drip campaign that's, uh, uh, that, that I was won over by, but it doesn't do anything. Um, it, it, I have to do the work. I can't wait for the drip campaign to do it. But anyway, um, I was getting maybe 25 leads uh, a month. And mm-hmm. you guys, I'm at 60 mm-hmm. so far, like uh, a month. It's, yeah. it's, and better. I don't know why. I don't know if it's the type of ad. I don't know if it's the ad copy. I don't, I don't know what the, the secret sauce is that you're doing on your end, Eli. Yeah. But uh, they are better, friendlier leads for whatever reason. Uh, it's good to hear. Like when I'm talking to him, sure, you still get the, oh, I'm just looking and all this stuff. But yeah. um, uh, you got to take, I mean, they're not all going to be gold. They're not all sure. sitting there ready to um, hand over bags of money. But, right. um, but there's enough there where I've had some phenomenal conversations. I have actually been belly to belly just in December with about 12 different people face oh, to face, awesome. you know, face to face with 12 people. Uh, that, that is my metric. Like how many people was I face to face with and, and able to, uh, start working with. It's yeah. been a dozen people. It's been phenomenal. Wow. Um, and now it's spectacular. just got, it is. And I, I just yeah. got to convert them you know, but uh, there's yeah. something that you guys are doing that's, that, that's working and uh, working better than I've, I've had in the past. That's for sure. I think it's a combination. Cause you know, I hear mixed reviews from a lot of my clients. I'm not going to say all my clients are doing super well to be, to be quite open and transparent. Um, and that's why I'm on this call with you to see what's your, what you're doing. And if people are doing what you're doing and you're, you know, and I think going through some of the steps that, you know, you're kind of, even in that call, it sounds different than what I've heard a lot of realtors pitch and, you know, go over on their calls. And so and getting them on the call, I think is a real big step for me personally, when I use my own service to generate leads, I text first, this is something I do right away. I text them, letting them know that I will be contacting them. And I think giving them a quick little heads up of what the process is like and what to expect and that upfront contract, um, even when I get on the phone with them, you know, no, I'm, uh, so I think a lot of those, like telling people what you're going to do first and then following through and, and, and saying, and being a person of integrity and, and saying, Hey, you know, uh, I saw that you opted into our Facebook post to get you more information. I'll be contacting you shortly, that text message first, and then calling them right away. And they actually pick up and they're kind of shocked. We also, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know if we hooked you up yet or, or turned on your Twilio or 
we have an auto dialer. Have, 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 have we started that service with you yet, Mark? Where I don't think so. Call? No. Yeah. So we're going to, we're going to do that for you, Mark soon, but that's why I think speed to lead is really important. It's because once they press submit on that phone and they get a text message and an email uh, from you saying, Hey, thank you for opting in. I think it just kind of lets them know that there's a process involved with either getting their home valuation or giving them more information about the search, their search for a new home as a buyer. I think that quick mapping out of what you're going to do and then following through with that, I think speaks volumes of your integrity and, and you following through. So I think, I think that's what we do. We try to do for, right. for our bar clients. Yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to that extra uh, service and away we go, but it's, yeah. you know, it's been really good for me, Eli. Um, and, it, and the big thing is, I don't want to just be the one man show. A lot of most people are the vast majority of realtors are perfectly happy being the one man show, but yeah. I want to have some sort of a team. Um, I just want to be the team leader, the, the coach, the cheerleader, the, um, you know, that that's what I want to build to. And I can't do that without reliable, predictable quality leads flowing in on a regular basis. It's you can't. Um, and the ROI, the, the cost per lead with you guys is nominal. Yeah. You know, compared to what I've done in the past, it's, it's, it's absolutely, it, it's a non-starter. It's a no-brainer for me. Uh-huh. I appreciate that, Mark. Um, what, what, what is your, what is kind of your end game? Like, you know, you, you, you're, you're uh, what, what you, you want to build your team. What is your, I guess, motivation? You, I, I, I can tell you love investing in people and seeing them grow. Uh, that's what I've noticed with you because you, you know, you, you're also a Sandler uh, certified trainer mm-hmm. um, and you, you've trained other teams and you started training even our, our calls sales team for full disclosure. So, and I noticed that you're really invested in, in people. So is, is that kind of your end game? I'm just kind of curious what, well, that, what that's why I want to do the team. Wrong. I've, uh, I've always received more personal gratification from other people succeeding than my own success. And, um, so I want to succeed by helping other people succeed. And, uh, I'm not really interested at this point anyway, of being a real estate coach, um, uh, getting into that space. Uh, Although I do, I do, I do have my coaching certification, but, um, I just did that as a personal development thing. Okay. So my personal vision, real estate's freaking tough. It's a tough go. And uh, so I want to build to such a volume that I can feed a team, take my humble slice of the pie and, uh, and help them succeed and not a giant team, you know, it doesn't have to be 50 realtors, but half a dozen anyway, and, and have my little team and uh, some of them will fly the coop and go on their own. And that's perfectly fine. You know, I, I, I want to build a team where I'm actually encouraging that. Um, you, you want to leave the nest, leave the nest, uh, for, for everybody else that enjoys the support and, um, the, the consistent leads falling in your lap. They'll yeah. those ones will stay, some will stay, some will go. That's fine. But if I'm helping other people be successful, cause this is a tough game. It's a tough game. Yeah. And, um, it's, but it's a good game. It's a good gig for, if it's your personality type. What, what what drives and i'm gonna go a little kind of meta here but like what 
for me, I've had certain things happen in my 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 childhood or upbringing or growth in, into adulthood that drives me to to be high growth, high performer. My eyes are hungry. My 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 um, my heart is hungry. What 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 happened? Is there anything that triggered you to go into this field and to be in growth mode? Like what what makes you want to crush? You know, like in terms of your personal life and development and and, and growing. Is there anything that you can relate to in your past that triggered you? Because I have a chip on my shoulder, for instance. Like, you know, someone told me. I think, I think, I think in terms of like, I'm trying to relate. Um, but one one person had told me, you know, you'll you'll never you'll never be able to talk to girls or something at one point in my growing up, and like you'll never do that. And then that made me want to go out and learn self development, have be able to have conversations and speak more eloquently and to to relate to people. So, I mean what's kind of your i'm not to say girls are my motivation but that's just one part of my example you know, what I mean? you know? That, that's another course that i put on I, I <laughs> uh-huh. um that's a hell of a good question actually eli um i would say because growing up with zero self-esteem zero encouragement um used to being the guy that didn't win, being last picked on the team. Um, I, I know what that feels like because I've, I've lived it for a long time. And so my transition from, from being the person who thought he was worth absolutely nothing to somebody who can take on big projects and, and do it with confidence, that's a big gap. And I want to help other people fill that bridge that same gap it's um it's it's better to be confident it's a better life uh and and i think that's what it is and and i'm not a i'm not a competitive guy with other people like i i uh use the term crush and that's in the name crush for ties um i said it (laughs) yeah um and there is no i don't want to crush anybody or anything Uh, i want to help and lift other people that's, that's, I've always been that way. Um, yeah. I thought I was going to be a social worker when I was in grade school. Uh, yeah. that, that didn't work out. But, I mean, I was um, a physical therapist before I got into this, like, for, you know, like in the last year. So, I mean, six years prior, I was a physical therapist trying to rehab people. And now my tagline, I guess, is like, I'm trying to rehab people's businesses. <laughs> <laughs> so bad. It's such a bad line, but okay. <laughs> Go ahead. But it's the same sort of idea. It's it's the um, altruistic part of me. I me too. Where I, I just want to help. I I want to yeah. be a healthy healthy helperton, and 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 if I can help others, then great. And the urge to have a bigger business is because I want to see what I can do. That's 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 it. Um, what is my ceiling? And you don't know if you don't put your best foot forward. You can never know what you're capable of if you don't push yourself. So I'm pushing myself. And I, I want to know, like, how well can I do with this game? Like, what, what yeah. can I build? I want to yeah. know. I want to see what that is. And, yeah. and if that's uh, a modest business, well, was that my best? Then okay. Yeah. You know, um, that kind of, but I don't think it's going to be. I think because I think, this is my second time building the business. So I've, uh, I'm starting from, from zero again. Uh, I was a realtor for eight years in a different market, but when my wife uh, moved to a completely other market, uh, right. I followed her to support her 
which means I'm starting from zero again, because you can't pack up your business and take it with you. It's not portable. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a, a realtor, like many, many business owners, um, you are geocentric. Uh, you are locked into the location that you created a business on because you're that that is your business is, is yeah you have to face to face and you have to show people homes and you have to be there so yeah totally yeah and it's not easy to do especially in a smaller town small market because uh, people have been here forever um they went to high school with uh with their realtor that sort of thing and i've got to break into that um but it's happening you know yes. um it, it's and with you guys uh, it's happening faster and easier <laughs> than it was prior to us hooking up. Awesome. So, uh, that. I, does that, did I answer your question or did I go off on a, on no, a I think that pretty much, I like to see, you know, part of like what I always love to see and, and talk to people is I like to see what, what, what goes on inside, what, what the gears are doing in their brain and in their heart, especially the heart. For me, it's mm-hmm. like more about that and, and, and knowing who I'm dealing with so that, you know, I don't know. I guess I'm a curious being, but I'm also always curious about what, what pattern patterns and how to figure out people. Cause if you can figure out people, I think that's the quickest way to add value to them or to, to see, to, uh, to see, because motivation drives people and motivation will always map out how their actions behave and who you're dealing with. Right. So I'm always trying to see, you know, who I'm, who I'm associating my time and energy with, Mark. And so I think that's extremely valuable. And what somebody's motivation is um, matters. Uh, every single time that I've heard somebody say, I'm going to do A, B, and C so that I can have a 200-foot yacht, you know, and, and I'm going to do this. I'm going to have a yacht and I'm going to be parked in Monaco, moored in Monaco, yeah. and, I'm, yeah. you know, uh, so I, I've heard this so many times and not one of them's ever done it because they don't know what they're, they're not, first of all, the motivation's wrong. Uh-huh. If, if your end goal is, is a $50 million yacht, well, right. Hey, I hope you, you get there. That's great. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not a good motivator. If your motivator is to help people, and you have a specific plan on how to do that and how to scale that, the, the yacht will come. Right. You know, right. Uh, but you have to scale. Uh, very, very few people have the biz- business acumen to just even understand the concept of scaling. But mm-hmm. without it, um, you're, you're, you're going to have a lower ceiling. Mm. I personally don't have anything, you know, I have some friends who have yachts or, you know, big boats and I, I personally don't have anything against it because I get invited to them sometimes and I'm, I'm enjoying it. But, but yeah, I mean, if that's your only thing and, but also even behind the yacht, there's some kind of reason, like either it's because cash is a big, mo- and this is a whole different topic of a motivation. Uh, we can get on another podcast, Mark, but yeah, some, yeah, I'm sure you agree. I'm, you're, you're very, uh, your EQ is pretty high, emotionally uh, savvy. So I would say, you know, some of them want to be more significant from that, right? You know, they want to show that there's somebody. Um, so I don't think it's the yacht in itself. I think it's really just behind that also, uh, that, well, behind what, that layer. The number one human emotional need is affirmation. So what they're really saying when, um, uh, I want a 200-foot yacht. It's not the thing yeah. that they want. It's, it's, right. the, it's what the status signifies. So uh-huh. what they're really saying is that I'm a pretty freaking big deal. Yeah. And, and I am a big deal and I'm going to, and this is going to be my proof that I'm a big deal. Yeah. Um, it's, we all it's, have that. 
we we all search for affirmation um and love yeah well that's that love <laughs> love is a form of affirmation it's it's the highest form of affirmation right if i love you that means that um that's that's as close as that's as close as you get you know uh, which means that you are worth that energy you are worth that time and um uh, and that's what that's what gives that that affirmation and everybody's different is affirmed differently i would just caution people that to to realize what it is that you're actually looking for and stuff is a very short sugar high when you if yeah. when you achieve and you get your stuff oh i got the car i've always dreamed of that's a right. sugar high that'll last like a week yeah. and then and then all of a sudden it's it's just not enough but yeah, if you've made a difference in somebody's life, um, as an example, years ago, I was an adult literacy tutor. It was a volunteer sure. thing. Uh, the organization was called PALS, Project Adult Literacy Society. And this is not yeah. ESL. This is not somebody that um, uh, is, is new to the country. We're talking about people that grew up uh, here and uh, went to high school and, and can't read a lick. Uh, sure. it, it, about 23% of born and bred Canadians don't are, are at a very low level of literacy. 11% are absolutely illiterate. Like they can't read Jack squat and the numbers. So you are, went in there, you, you're helping adults uh, learn to read again or yep. for the first time. Wow. Yep. And um, it was, it was one-on-one -on -one stuff, volunteer, you know, in my spare time kind of thing and one-on-one uh, -on -one stuff. And, uh, and, one of them actually learned. And after nine months of working together, went from literally didn't know the phonics of the alphabet mm -hmm. to reading just fine. Yeah. And it doesn't matter what happens in life, I can look back and go, okay, I helped one person in my, as best as I could, uh, and, and that's an impact on their life. Okay, so I've done some good, good. Okay, check. Yeah. Now, now, if you can scale that, uh, if you can, by founding the literacy movement, you know, um, uh, and, and help thousands of people, well, that's, uh, even though you're not personally doing it one-on-one, -on -one, but you're, you're sort of running the show, that's a even bigger impact. Yeah. But at, at the end of the day, that's what will really provide people with that sense of affirmation is mm -hmm. that the impact they've had on other people's lives. That's the bottom line. And, and it's purely selfish. I, I want to feel good about myself. Yeah. And sure, transparent and honest about it. <laughs> sure. You know, I want to feel good about myself. It's a weird cycle. It's a weird, um, I would say, uh, chicken or the egg. Like you're, you're helping people and that feels good just for the pure act of it. Just the pure like meta, like I, I enjoy helping someone. And then, and then you know that they're benefiting their life. And that's kind of like your legacy that you can leave behind in this world, yep. but also, but also just, you know, uh, it, it's perfectly selfish yeah. and, but yeah. it, it's, it's selfish in a way that's, that's uh, beneficial. Helpful. It, yeah. It, it, well, hopefully um, yeah. that's, that's how I get. And then, you know, everybody's different, but yeah. for myself, the more I can, and that's why I'm driven. It's my second book and, and both books are to help and to, to empower. Mm. And um, that's for my own, personal benefit from my own sense of contribution and, and self-esteem. So it's totally selfish, but <laughs> it is uh, gi giving being an altruistic. It's totally selfish, um, but healthy. Yeah.
You know, I do do it for me. Express it, yeah. Because that that that's what I do for me is doing for others. Doing for others does it for me. Right. Right. You know, and how, uh, how does anyone ever get to like that place of like pure altruism? Right. Is there such a thing? I wonder, you know, um, I, I think it's a fallacy. Yeah. You know, um, helping for the sake of helping. No, that's not what you're doing it. You're doing it because helping for the sake of helping makes you feel good. I think the intent should be that. Like, I, I'll tell you, you're I think you're on. I think you're spot on in terms of the reality of of the situation of mankind, right? We all have this tainted self, self, uh, like benefit, selfish benefit of doing it. I think you fully embraced it. It sounds like you're just like, yeah, it's totally like, but I think, I think when you really are outward looking, extrospective, right? When you're looking at someone else and you're really giving your heart intention and the intention behind there is to really push upon someone the, the, the pure benefit and really no strings attached, even though some like, you know, it's going to happen necessarily in the background and the background knowledge. But I think having that forefront upfront intention, I think is really powerful because you even get a higher return on investment because you know, you've done it with such altruism. Does that make sense at all? Yeah. It's a funny um, sort of catch 22 altruism makes me feel good. Yeah. So that's why I do it. So it's like, oh, you, you give, give, give. Uh, I'm kind of taking. Like, you know, it's, uh, and it's actually scientifically proven that the sugar high that you get from receiving a gift is um, not nearly as men- meaningful as the sugar high that you get. It's not a sugar high when you provide the gift. Like it's right. better to give than it is to receive emotionally. Uh, yeah. And, and and intellectually, it's um it, it feeds the soul when you give. Well, so so, so so it's it's a giving is totally selfish. Yeah, from from like, from that perspective, it, it, it and that's okay. That way. Yeah, and that's okay. That way. Yeah, Mark, if you could, if we could just end on and and in a in a few notes, what's the last gift you like to give the listeners, um, in terms of I guess providing value for. Realtors specifically, because I think um, I want I want realtors to listen to this and and uh, some provide some entertainment. Hopefully, that's what I'm trying to give and some insight. But what are some practical nuggets and concrete tips that you can give either a, a new rookie uh, realtor or someone who's been at it but it's kind of hitting a rough patch, especially in the shifting housing market? If you have a few high level experience notes of what what's really working for you and Besides the book, I know we've talked about the book a lot and, and giving them a gift. And I, I think the big, the biggest thing, Eli, is decide it, what what your assets are that you're willing to invest into your company. Because mm-hmm. um, you have two choices: you can invest your time with little money, or you can invest a whole bunch of money with little time. Mm-hmm. Pick one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you're just starting out and you have no dough, like then spend your time. And it's all about service because that's, that's a genuine relationship uh-huh. is it, if you are client centric and not self centric, like if you are focused on just getting the deal, getting the deal, getting the deal. Okay. You'll probably get those deals and good, but your repeat business will be under 20%. Repeat referral will be under 20%. Mine's 86. Mm-hmm. Um, now, if you can ha- find a happy medium, 
and have your retention rate over 50%, you're doing better than the vast majority. Mm-hmm. Um, at 80%, 86% retention <laughs> is not easy. Uh, it takes a lot of time of attention, but that's my choice where, where I've focused. So I've, I've chosen with, with my time. Um, I spend time, I put on client events uh, that they enjoy. Um, I spend money on my client base that, 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 that I have to maintain. Uh-huh. That's how I have the 86%. But uh-huh. at the same time, I've got to balance that out by generating the, the new stuff. So you can generate with, with money or you can generate by, with, with just raw time and, and grit by going out and door knocking. Um, uh-huh. m- most people that get into this business are not willing to prospect. They're not willing to call Fizbo's. They're not willing to door knock. Okay. Then you have to spend money. Yeah. You have to spend money. And even if you're door knocking, you should be spending some money on the door knocking by leaving behind something that makes sense. Uh, What I was using before the book, I actually still have some left over, is um, door hangers where I got a bunch of other business owners together to offer something. So each door hangers were 350 bucks worth of coupons. Each one. You know, some, some are 30 bucks here, 40 bucks there. Another one's 300 nice. bucks off a new roof, but either way it's uh-huh. value. Yeah. So uh, I'm, Hey, I'm just giving you 350 bucks. Is you mind if I give you 350 I think, bucks? I think that's, that's a good actionable step. I'm looking for like actionable steps. So I think Mark, mm-hmm. that's a good one. Um, I think, uh, collaborating is what you do really well. I think, I think that's something that it's not only working with more time, like you said, time or money. And I think there's another one that you, you, you're kind of not verbally explicitly saying is smarter mm. or collaborative wise. Leveraging, yeah. Leveraging, leveraging not only your time, but, but you know, figuring out and setting up a win-win situation for, for all parties involved. And I think, well, I think uh, that's my, a huge, my, huge my, door hang, my door hangers, I had 2,500 of them made up. I didn't pay for them. So and how did you do that? 2,500 uh, by having four other business owners. Uh, so I was the guy that put it all together. Each of the four business owners are like, great. Uh, I only have to pay a quarter of the cost of the 2,500 door hangers. Uh-huh. And so I paid for none of them, but I delivered all of them, me and my kids. So that nice. was a lot of steps going up. And Child down. labor is always key. Child yeah. labor is great. <laughs> uh, I, I, and- did you cold call those businesses? You, you go into those businesses and say, this is what I'm doing. And then how, how did you pitch that? And then I have these other businesses already signed up with me. What was your pitch? Um, like, I had some relationships with them. I'm, I'm active in the business community. It's part of my business model. Uh, okay. I created a, a business association within our town. And okay. um, uh, so I'm, because I'm not from here. I, I've only- Okay, lived- so how do, you, how do you do that? Like you're, you're, you're you know, um, you for those really those people who don't know how to create business associations, like what do you do? What are those type of steps you do? Well, I used to be part of BNI business networking international and anybody okay. can start that. Uh, most okay. real, most uh, chapters start with a realtor because uh, it's the, okay. by far the most valuable seat. You can easily, easily, easily profit uh, an extra 50 grand a year just by having um, a BNI chapter. So it's all about the referrals. They get together once a week for two hours and trade referrals with each other. So um, you, you type that into your computer and find your local BNI group? Yep, absolutely. Um, uh, BNI, Bravo November India, Business Networking International. Okay. Um, uh, easy enough. 
and you can find your local chapter. And uh, uh, if you're a realtor, you're not joining them. Uh, the chances of joining one are just about zero. You almost always have to create one from zero, like like from 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 scratch. Uh, it almost always starts with mortgage broker, realtor, lawyer. The three of them get together and go, ooh, that's a good idea. It's a big investment. It's about $3,000 a year when you look good at it honestly um, uh, and two hours a week. Mm. But uh, I know people do 150, like realtors, um, between fifty dollars and $200,000 a year just from their B&I group, depending on how well you work at how big the group is. How do you grow it? Um, together. Uh, because that's it, it, part of the training is teaching um, how to get invitations out. So it's just everybody's working together to bring guests, bring guests, bring guests. And you don't sign up just anybody. It's, uh, it's one seat per, per, per business. So every, there's only one realtor. Every sector. There's, there, yeah, there's only one realtor. There's only one lawyer. There's only one financial advisor. Uh-huh, um, there, there's no duplication. So people uh, lock out their competition um, by uh, just, just like your clients. You know, yeah. they, they lock out the postal codes. Uh, yeah. First come, first serve. Mm-hmm. First come. Okay. So lo- they lock out the competition and they, they just grow it. So, and that's really how I learned the value of it. And um, in, in our town, I was listening and I was listening to the business owners and they're, oh, I don't want to badmouth. Uh, but our chamber of commerce could probably use some improvement. And um, so the people that are less than thrilled with our chamber of commerce are coming to me. I see. And, uh, uh, and the business association is growing as a result. How, how is, how is your association association that much better than the chamber of commerce and why, what's the bad taste in their mouth and how do you turn people that were not so happy with chamber of commerce and and make your BNI that much more attractive? What's your market differentiator there? The BNI chapter that I founded, I, I, help, I helped raise another one as well, but uh, the one that I actually started, I was member number one, is now the biggest in Western Canada. Um, okay. it's, it's, it's a whopper. And uh, when I started it, we, uh, our first year, we got up to 27 members, which is significant. Yeah. And the core reason is like we were still business, you know, and, right. and following the process and taking it seriously and being professional about it, but it was always fun. When I, when okay. I was the president, it was always fun okay. and uh, fun and enjoyable. And you got to walk that line. You know, you got to find the line. If it's too fun, then it's a, it's a shit show. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, so you, you've got to, but if it's too stiff, uh, nobody wants to be there. Be there. Yeah. So you got to you know. balance those two. Yeah, I was asked I'm gonna, to be. I'm going to ask you more about that later, Mark, on a different podcast because I'd like, love to know how you ran your meetings on a granular scale. Scale because I'm 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 all about you know you know high level discussions like just the theory, but then I'm all about how to implement those theories because I think that really adds value and how to get give people actionable steps and how to replicate your success. And I think uh, we'll 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 save that for next time. Yeah, I'll give you the structure of the business association. It's pretty simple and straightforward, but it works. Actually, that's why it works. And uh, then, of course, my award-winning charm. <laughs> <laughs> that's subjective, Mark. <laughs> Results right. aren't. So. <laughs> All right. Eli Cho, Crush for yes. Ties, thank you so much uh, for doing a, having a good conversation with me today. And um, for the viewers, please throw in some comments. Uh, if any of the 
concepts, tips, or tricks that we were talking about. If you disagree with them, if you agree with them, please put it in. Um, uh, this is going to be on all kinds of platforms. This will be on YouTube, where uh, my full collection is, and it's going to be on iTunes, uh, Anchor.fm, Stitcher, uh, about 11 different uh, podcast platforms. So uh, please comment, provide your feedback including questions. Uh, if there's questions that uh, you would like to hear, but you didn't hear, um, throw them in there. And when Eli and I get together again, we will cover those questions. Thank you. On Instagram for a yeah, follow. On Instagram. Dr. Eli Cho. <laughs> Eli Cho. Dr. Eli All right, brother. Thanks very much. And uh, thanks everybody for tuning in to the Mind Key Show podcast.